Welcome to Sports Perspectives, your local interview show where we talk to local people involved with sports and get their perspectives. I'm Josh Witt. On today's episode, Kedrian Johnson and Brandon Lowe. Stay tuned. Kedrian Johnson plays the guard position for the West Virginia University Mountaineers. He recently made a splash by deciding to return to WVU for his final season of eligibility. Kedrian started 30 games last season for the Mountaineers and finished first in the Big 12 Conference in the statistical category of steal percentage. My producers have told me what that means and I'm still confused, but it sounds very impressive and I commend Kedrian on his achievement. Kedrian also recently made Kedrian Johnson merchandise available for purchase at kedyjohnson.site. That's K-E-D-D-Y-J-O-H-N-S-O-N dot S-I-T-E. I recently spoke to Kedrian Johnson to get his sports perspectives. All right, special guest, Kedrian Johnson. Welcome to Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for joining me, uh, Kedrian. We're a couple months out from the season. Dude, you were struggling late in the season, hip injury. I was reading that you had an accident in the offseason, had stitches. <laughs> Tell me how you're feeling a couple months after the season. Um. Well, right now, I'm still dealing with the um, – with the cut that I had on my foot, but it's healing and getting better. So I'm just not really trying to put too much on it right now and just let it heal. I'm really just, you know, upper body lifting. That's about it right now. But other than that, my hip's fine. Everything else healed. So I'm feeling pretty good. Awesome. And congratulations on, on getting your degree this weekend. That's always fantastic. And you made the news right after the season that you're coming back for one more season with the team. Yeah, it seemed like you struggled with it a little bit of like a, a very big decision. Like what right. went into that decision of coming back and specifically coming back to Morgantown? Um, Pretty much our coaching staff, they're, they're a group of very loyal guys. And when I needed them the most, they was there for me. So I didn't want to be one of those guys who just bite the hand that fed them, you know. So I stayed loyal to them because they was always loyal to me. Awesome. That's fantastic. And obviously for you, another chance to show your game, improve in your in your basketball. Uh, so right. That's exciting. And for me, watching you play, uh, and this will be your third season coming up, but my favorite game of yours uh-huh. was the game at Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. How you kind of sparked that comeback against a really good mm-hmm. Oklahoma State team. Is there anything that sticks out? For you, from that game in particular, um, I pretty I say my defense because you know I was very active, getting the hands on you know on passes and passing lanes. So I think that's what I did the best that game, and I, mean, I think that's what yeah led to us eventually coming back and winning the game. Just really frustrated them in the second half, and I think right. kind of and your energy kind of. Fed, everybody was feeding off of that. It seemed right. like in that game, and mm-hmm. it was amazing. Um, and that's like when I think of your basketball game, I obviously think of like pressure on right. ball defense. 
In your opinion, Kedrian, what's the most important aspect of being good at defense and basketball? Mm-hmm. I'll say lateral quickness. Because if you can't move fast side to side, you know, guys are faster, like coming downhill, going vertical than lateral. So I say lateral quickness for sure. And strength, right? You talk about working upper body in the off season. Like when you're, when you're in your defensive stance, like I just, people run into you and they just kind of bounce back. It's like part of the, the, the thing with defense is just having that strength and and lateral quickness to kind of stay in front of somebody. Uh-huh. I, I, yeah, I agree with that. But most for the most part, I'm not just a, you know, big, strong guy. So when I'm cutting people off, I pretty much just try to hold my ground and be as firm as I can, you know? Sure, sure. Um, and you're coming back next season, you and Emmett. Yeah, <laughs> From I your know. first season, the only two guys still on the roster from your first season. Uh, tell me the pros and cons of what is it going to be like going into a season where like a bulk of the guys are, are pretty new to the program. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't pretty, I wouldn't say there's cons, you know, because, you know, it's about everybody, you know, just learning each other, how everybody, everybody play, you know, and learning new things is always good. So I don't think it's any cons to starting something new. No, sure. And it sounds like you're excited about, about Emma being back in the fold. Oh yeah. Yeah. I miss Emma. That was my dog. I still talk to him, even though he was at Washington. Like, we were still good friends. So, yeah, I'm happy to have him back. And his just his positive, just seeing him on the court, I, I don't know Emmett, but his demeanor on the court, like, you bring energy. Like, mm-hmm. that's in – also, his, like, positive outlook, like, hugging on guys on his team, just good right. sportsmanship. Is that what he's like off the court? Yeah, Emily, yeah, that's one of the one of my best friends. You know, he's a good guy. I always have positive intentions, you know. Never there's never a dull moment between me and Emmett. And you're in Texas right now, Kijian, and you play for WVU. And of course you're in the Big 12, so you're playing lots yeah. of schools in Texas. Right. Tell me what that's like is being in your home state and and having on the visitor jersey playing in the Big 12. I mean and it's a, a bunch of Big 12 guys that are from Texas. But, I mean, we're pretty much, you know, all cool. Or we're all cordial. We're all cool. But at the same time, it's like I'm the opposition, like, at all times, no matter where we are. Because most of the teams are down this way, and we're the only one, you know, so far away. Right. Exactly. But, yeah, I like that. I like that type. I like to be around that type of vibe, though. Sure. Sure. Um I got to ask you this. You're reaching out to podcasters. I really appreciate you offering this opportunity for me and others. But selfishly, I just want to know this, and you don't have to answer it. But, like, you guys on the team, do you you ever listen to a WVU sports podcast or or hear anybody talking about listening to podcasts that cover WVU sports? Mm -hmm. I mean – I mean, of course, no. we, I mean, no, I mean, of course we see them, you know, we listen to them, we see what people are saying, but at the same time, when it's some of the, you know, the negative energy, it's just like, we laugh at it because like, they don't really know what's going on on the inside and just on the outside looking in. Sure. So we don't really pay that much attention to it. It's amusement for us, honestly. <laughs> and probably not just podcasts, but people that write about it, cover it. Right. Local mm-hmm. and the national. I'm sure there is some kind of a 
see it's happening, it's hard to avoid it, but not get too wrapped up in it. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, the new guys last season on social media, they did, WVU did like five essentials for each mm-hmm. of the new guys. Right. What, give me, I won't put you on the spot for five essentials, but what are your like two essentials for Kedrian Johnson in your daily life that if they came to you and said, Hey, we want to do a social media video about it. What would be right. your top two essentials? Uh, my top two essentials would be, I mean, of course my phone, because you know, I'm on my phone 24 seven, whenever I'm in the house, just chilling, I'm on my phone, no matter what I'm doing. And I'll say, to my wallet because you know that's my Are you identity. a wallet guy still? Yeah. That's my identity. That's where my money is. So yeah, I gotta keep that. Yeah. So Always. you're are you a cash guy? Half and half. I like to have I like to have cash in, yeah. Half and half. But you'll do you'll do a Venmo, you'll you'll mix in an Apple Pay or something like that? Man, I got Apple Pay, PayPal, Venmo, I got all that. It's wild because I'm, I mean, I'm an older guy, KJ. And so like, I'm definitely rocking a wallet, but younger guys, I picture like having everything on the phone. So you're doing both. You're still in both worlds. And me and my mom, we got, we we still have a joint account. So I got to keep some money away. I got to keep some separate. That's awesome. And we're last question, KJ, again, I appreciate the time, but we're getting into summertime. Give me some summer foods, things that you look forward to in the off season mm-hmm. to eat, things to cool off with. What's what's what do you look forward to when we get the Memorial Day? We get the it's cookout season. What are right. you looking forward to? I mean, for me and my weight and what my what our strength coach wants me to be um, by season. I'm looking forward to any food that's put in my way. <laughs> <laughs> That's the more that I got to eat everything. But for the most part, I just try to drink water, like, and, like, juices, not just, like, like fruit juices and that such, you know, some protein here and there. That's pretty much it. I try to, you know, keep the dehydration level at a good in a good area for the most part. Now, you're, you're in a barbecue state. Is that yeah. – is that a – is that a – is that something when you come back home that you seek out? Like, what's your relationship with barbecue? I only like it like home cooked, like a backyard barbecue. I oh, mean, so not at have, the restaurant, right? I mean, but we do have some good barbecue restaurants that I often go to. Right. But the first thing I always eat when I get home is this chicken place. It's the name. The name is Rudy's. Yeah, I eat that place first every time I come home. <laughs> you gotta get it. It's not it. I mean, you're back in West Virginia, but when you get home. Mm-hmm. It's the every chicken spot. Every <laughs> single time. And I don't come home too often, but since I've been gone, every time I came home, that's what I've eaten first. All right. Well, shout out to Rudy's and shout out to Kedria Johnson. Listen, man, I'm looking forward. It's going to be wild. It's going to be a new season. There was a, there was some yeah. challenges last year. We'll, we'll all see it together. But uh, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Appreciate your time and best of luck in the upcoming season. Uh, no problem. Thank you so much. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. 
For example, Milwaukee Bucks as a team in the playoffs. Javon Carter's on that team. Put two and two together. Just throwing some ideas out there. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay, combine multiple bets, like which team will win, total threes made, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. So here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to Sports Perspectives. I'm Josh Witt. Brandon Lowe is a local sports media personality. After years on the radio, he has transitioned to the podcasting and live streaming world in partnership with HD Media with his show, The Brandon Lowe Show with Ryan Pritt. Live stream episodes of that podcast premiere on Mondays and Fridays at 4 p.m. The audio is available wherever you find podcasts. And you can find archive live streams at wvgazettemail.com. I recently spoke to Brandon Lowe to get his sports perspectives. All right, Brandon Lowe, welcome back to Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. Thanks for having me, Josh. Appreciate you, man. Anytime I can hop on here. It's been a little while. Yeah, it's been like a week when I messed up uh, technical difficulties. Uh, and before that is uh, the first year I was doing this podcast, you came on. So as always, I appreciate you for coming back on. And you're in the transition, Brandon. You're you're going from radio to podcasting. You're now podcasting for HD Media Sports. What do you miss the most about radio that you don't get with podcasting and vice versa? What's the best thing about podcasting that you don't get with radio? Well, I mean, with radio, I mean, I still get it with podcasts. There really isn't anything uh, in form of uh, what I enjoyed most about radio that I don't get with podcasting because now I'm doing my podcast with two guys that I really enjoy uh, being around and creating content and and all that good stuff. It's but I do me I do miss the people uh, that I've worked with uh, in the past. Uh, you know, most recently with my uh, my other job in radio over at LM and. Uh, those people make that company go around. I said that in my final um, kind of statement on the air is it's not management. It's not ownership. It's the people that run um, that run the company, the people that are out there busting their ass and and selling and um, and people that go on the air every day and create content. And, uh, you know, sometimes a lot of those people aren't, aren't as appreciated as they should be. And, uh, you know, I think those people are great. And that's what makes it great is the team. Um, but, you know, other than that, <clears throat> I don't miss much about, about radio. Uh, I've done it long enough. I've won awards. I've interviewed a ton of really cool people. And now I get to still do that uh, with a podcast, which now the podcast, what it does allow me to do that radio doesn't necessarily do is um, I control the content. Um, it, cre- it, it 
it challenges me to be more creative and come up with different ways um, to create content. And it's just kind of like a rebirth in a different type of format, which I, I find pretty refreshing and pretty exciting. Awesome. And you can go all different directions. Sure. Uh, but, you're, but your background here recently and for a while, and I know you from a sports, locally, WVU, Marshall. So let's, let's talk about sports. There's, as we're speaking, Brandon, um, Nick Saban, for, uh, West Virginia native Nick Saban yesterday took shots at a bunch of people in the college world, including another West Virginia native, Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M, took a shot at Miami basketball, took a shot at his Aflac running mate, Deion Sanders, about paying players, the, the accusation of paying players with those folks through NIL versus what Saban's doing, which is some magical thing that's not exactly what they're doing. And of course, Fisher, press conference a day, took shots back, called called Nick Saban a narcissist, asked the media to dig in on Nick Saban's history. Deion Sanders is going to be on the record to refute what Saban said yesterday. Like, I don't want to ask you about the pettiness of that stuff and the back and forth, because I think that happens off of press conferences and on the recruiting trail. But what do you think the NIL landscape will look like in the next few years. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, I actually kind of did like a little, uh, piece for kind of a working writing assignment potentially for somebody I may be writing for in the future, but it kind of involved this whole NCAA, um, where we talked about them being kind of the broom closet right now because of the NIL. And, and there was a rule put in place that boosters weren't supposed to, or any type of group could not, take money or any type of assets or, you know, whether it's cars or cash or business opportunities or partnerships, sponsorships, or we're going to call it, cannot use that to lure these uh, potential recruits or guys that are in the transfer portal over to said program. And that's got out, that's out of hand. I mean, the people are not obviously paying attention to that, to that rule money is coming out of nowhere. You're seeing hundreds of thousands of dollars being thrown at athletes. Um, you know, kids straight out of high school, uh, have a million dollar contracts. You see Texas, which, you know, they're using this charity type of, um, kind of charity type of look to it where they said they're going to pay all the offensive linemen, like $50,000 a year. Um, there's just ways that they're trying to get around it, but let's not act like this wasn't going on before. Um, NIL became a thing. It was just obviously more of like the underground realm of things and athletics. So it's not like it's new. It's just now it's on the surface and it's looked at as being, I don't know if I want to say legal, but it's, it's, it's allowed down the rules, but there are rules against like boosters getting together and forming money. And that's still a problem. And it's going to continue until somebody comes in, which I think the NCAA's board of whatever they are, uh, came in and said they're going to try to look at this and enforce more rules on that. And, you know, they got to do something with it because it's just going to continue to get out of control. But let's not act like, though, just because NIL, like Deion Sanders, the school he's at, obviously has a history. Um, and this whole, like, slinging mud and accusation and stuff, it's petty. I will say that. It's not surprising. Um but Saban's been vocal about a lot of stuff. And Saban is sitting on a gold mine of talent every single year. He has built Alabama back into a powerhouse. So 
if he feels like he's going to be threatened, especially with a school that's in his conference, like Texas A&M, who did have the number one recruiting class, he's going to sling some mud and he's going to throw some stuff because let's be honest, everybody's competitive in some way. Right. And if you're going to mess with Saban's dynasty, potentially he's going to come after you, whether it's petty or not, but this NIL stuff, they're going to have to, they're going to have to jump in front of it because it's only going to get crazier, but let's not act like these schools, like Texas, Ohio state, Notre Dame, USC, um, Alabama, LSU, Florida state, whatever, Miami, U. Let's not act like they're not going to get these guys anyway. You know what I mean? The brand speaks for itself. They have the funding. They have the money. So at the end of the day, schools like West Virginia University is going to have to be creative. And that's, you know, when they developed this Country Roads Trust, that was a step in the right direction. But as far as NIL, there needs to be more regulation because it's just going to get crazier. And you're just going to have more of this. I mean, it's not going to stop from here. I agree. And then we're putting that in the hands of the NCAA, who have never proven to be ahead of the curve or on top of this. Uh, Like you said, it's not a new thing about paying players. I don't have trust in the NCAA. I don't have trust in it's not the highest thing on on lawmakers uh, plate to to focus on this stuff. So I agree that it needs to change. I just don't know where it comes from. The NCAA, let's not forget, they're the first criminal in any of this stuff as far as activity, as far as money, because the NCAA, the NCAA isn't worried about uh, the student athlete not any longer being considered an amateur athlete. That was developed and invented by the NCAA, calling athletes amateurs and student athlete was developed by the NCAA to use that so athletes could not be compensated outside of their scholarship. So they could put the NCAA tournament on 16 channels and and bank all kinds of sponsorship money as the athletes are getting put in the forefront and using their name, image and likeness uh, to gain and and get an audience and and make money. I mean, I go back to Tebow when he was at Florida, he would have made a fortune. I go back to Pat White at WVU, he would have made a fortune. I mean, how many times has universities taken a popular athlete's number and put it on their jersey number and put it on their athletic site without their name because they can't do that at the time and make tons of money off of it because it's like hey everybody's gonna buy number five because we obviously are gonna put that to pad white right so they the ncaa has been doing this forever ncaa just cares about power and and making sure that they keep all the money for themselves they could care less about uh, the coaches getting mad at each other or, or schools not getting players. They could care less about that. They just want to make sure that they're getting their cut at the end of the day. Sure. And so speaking of transitions, uh, let's say hypothetically you get out of the podcast game, Brandon Lowe, and I hear that your named successor of Bob Bowlesby as the new commissioner of the Big 12. What? <laughs> I don't know who would want that job, but if you got that job, what would be the first thing you did as commissioner of the big 12? Well, I think they've made a huge stride in, and finally expanding. I remember a few years back, the expansion that never was when they had all these schools come out and try out basically, I guess is what it was. And here's what we have. And look at me, I can juggle well. And we have these programs and, you know, you had UCF and, and all this. And then they were like, well, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't expand, which cost, a, wasted a bunch of money for universities to travel and, and create these presentations. And I think that's a great step in the right direction. I think 
because it's more money, it's more markets, especially grabbing UCF is in Orlando. It's the largest school in Florida. Uh, as far as enrollment in your TV markets are just everything. That's what you need, especially if you're trying to keep up with financial and revenue, because we're in a world where we're already in it. Cord cutting, you know, nobody really necessarily, not a lot of people have traditional cable anymore. Um, everybody streams everything, whether it's you got a CBS app, a ESPN app, a Fox app. They have apps for everything. Uh, so now the Big 12 uh, has set itself up to where they can own some larger TV markets. And, you know, they looked into the streaming apps and stuff, and I thought it was a good job to actually uh, partnership with ESPN Plus. I think, obviously, the production is terrible because it's a bunch of students doing it, and it's a cheap way for ESPN to get out of paying for a lot of production costs. But I think they did a good job of expanding because it's going to give you more TV market and revenue. Um, but there's just, they're still behind in the fact that, unfortunately, networks like ESPN have these deals with the SEC forever. And, you know, that whole tampering thing that happened that potentially was the departure of Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, Bowlesby said ESPN and claimed ESPN had a hand in it. There's just all this stuff behind the scenes with networks and, and whatever trying to, again, it goes back to money, right? It goes back to money and a competitive advantage, which equals money and revenue. That's all that matters in all this. Unfortunately, it's really hurting college athletics because of that. But I think, I think just expansion, um, I really don't know what I would do as far as being commissioner of Big 12 outside of that. Just making sure I and, – and the reason why the expansion is important too is because that whole round-robin stuff is garbage. Like it's, it's, it's the worst thing ever. Why would you play everybody, which is fine, but then turn right around and play a, the team you've played during the season that could potentially screw yourself out of a spot in the college football playoff, which, again, is more revenue for your conference. You saw it uh, with you know the Big 12 championship game this year, right? You've seen it before. And when West Virginia had a potential of going to the Big 12 championship, they almost would have had to played Oklahoma twice. They would have won the last game and then played Oklahoma again, the Big 12 championship game. So I think the expansion was a good move. I think Bowlesby is getting out at a good time because everything's kind of just crumbling for college athletics. So you handle it, right? Yeah. It's like you handle it, whoever takes the gig, but I don't know. I don't want that gig, but I think the expansion was a good move. They should have did it. They should have been done years ago. Whenever they were talking about it, they would have been, ahead of this thing so i don't know i think i think they're headed in the right direction we'll see but again it's it's a wild wild west man right now the transfer portal and nil and all that stuff yeah and and the and the alignment bomb hit last year kind of quiet right now but i'm just wait for that next shoe to drop the how do you think west virginia has handled that is Staying, I mean, they're they're kind of grabbing the chair and musical chairs, which is the conference that they're in, and adding more. Uh, do you think that's a good idea? And and do you think WVU and you've talked to Shane Lyons, people within the program? Do you think WVU will be in the Big Twelve in the next five years? I don't. I mean, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, Shane has never really shown his cars. That's what that's what makes him good at PR, man. AD. So. Um, it's crazy because <laughs> I booked an interview with him three weeks before because a guy like him, you have to book it like weeks in advance because he's busy. So I booked his interview three weeks on a radio show when we were still on the radio. 
And then the Texas Oklahoma thing dropped. Like we were gonna have it on Monday, I believe, was the interview, and it dropped on that Thursday or Friday going into the weekend. And I just remember talking to Ryan. We were just like texting, we're like, there's no way they're gonna have him go on. Like, there's no way they're gonna have him on the radio show because he's dealing with all this stuff going on. It's it's national headlines. It's, they're going to know we're going to at least add something towards it because we're, I mean, it's kind of our job to kind of see if we can get, I mean, it was, the timing was perfect and I got to give them credit. I could give them up there at WU credit. Like they stuck with their interview. We interviewed him that Monday. Um, they did tell us like we can bring it up, but obviously don't hammer it, which we did a good job of, which, you know, if you do that in the, in the media world, it usually garners some respect from people. So they'll, they're willing to give you him again. Um, so that was crazy. And then talking to him about it. And I think West Virginia has done a great job, but I don't know. I mean, your guess is good as mine in five years. We'll see as Shane kind of alluded to, if there's ever interest there, they'll entertain it. They'll see if it financially makes sense. Um, but you know, right now with the big 12, I mean, I understand that the big 12 is, is it's the travel that really hurts them. I mean, that's the biggest thing. It's not the brands. It's not the you know, it's not the have playing Texas, Oklahoma and schools out of Texas, Oklahoma, whatever. It's the travel cost. And that really would help West Virginia if they're able to get into a conference like ACC uh, that, that everybody wants them to be in. If they do leave, um, that would help them. That's the biggest thing is travel cost. If you can get out of the Big 12, now you're starting to get more money and your overhead and travel costs lowers. And Shane talked about that a little bit. But again, he said there's there's been no interest from any other conferences at that time we talked to them. I haven't heard any other news. So um, for now you stay put in the big 12 and it goes back to when they moved to the big 12, you know, everybody's like, why do we go there? Well, the big East was a sinking ship. Right. Where do and, you land? Like, where's the money at? If the, the yeah. best opportunity was where you're the big only 12. Eastern yeah. conference or Eastern uh, standard time team in a, in a central time zone conference. Yeah. Right. But that's Which, where but, the money was at. And right, the best opportunity, which, which was good also for recruiting. I thought that was one thing Dana really drove home. That was great. I mean, although Dana never wanted to develop a quarterback or develop anybody, he just wanted to bring plug-in players. And that's why the team was in the position it was when Neil Brown took over. Um, but yeah, that was a great recruiting um, ploy or tool was we're the only big 12 brand in this time zone or this part of the country. So you could play big boy football from any of these other schools that wouldn't take you out of the big 10 or the ACC. And you can come play, you know, against Texas and Oklahoma and, and whatever and West playing for West Virginia. So um, that was a huge part of it too. And like, you know, we were talking about the big East went back to being a basketball conference this is originally what it was. Um, and it was losing money and everybody left. Like once once Miami and everybody bolted, I mean, it was really, I hate to say it, but it was a watered down conference. Um, it didn't really have much of a brand left with it other than West Virginia and Pitt was always fun still. Um, but they went to, they went off obviously the ACC, but yeah, it's just all about money, man. If it's, if it's viable for West Virginia and, the, and stay in the big 12, they'll be there as long as the big 12 has them. But if the ACC comes knocking, it's kind of hard for me not to think that, Shane lines wouldn't entertain it just because of travel cost alone. Sure. And I just want, I just want West Virginia 
to be in the Big 12 when there's 12 teams. Even throw on all the other stuff to, to if they go into the Big 12 and leave without being part of a conference with 11 other teams, that yeah. doesn't make any sense. I just want the the name to match their experience <laughs> at least for one season. Yeah. Well, now it's not going to here in a couple of years either, but no, we'll uh, jump from 10 to 14 and then, yeah. and then the possibility of 12 exists unless something changes. So yeah, right. Right. When uh, Oklahoma tech and that's a, that's an interesting dynamic too with um, that whole thing, because that was supposed to be, you know, that was supposed to be an easy transition for Texas to Oklahoma with TV stuff dropping down and, you know, the buyout and stuff. So now it looks like they're going to stay put all the way through the end of the TV contract. I would imagine this would be 2025. So, right. Then that's, uh, you know, that makes sense for, for the conference to, to hold them to that. So I totally get yeah. that. Um, I'll wrap you up with this, Brandon. Uh, this is a basketball podcast, uh, crazy year. It's, I don't even, I don't know. It was either a season where a few breaks, with injuries and COVID and this team is playing in the postseason, or they were in a all time high level conference for a season and just wasn't one of the best teams in it. And it wasn't going to be good no matter what I, I, I vacillate daily. Like what happened last season? What do you think that bunch of new guys coming in, including a guy who's already been here before he's back with them at Matthews. Will WVU basketball have more wins than losses in the 2022, 2023 season? I think so. And I think that's a huge addition. Um, bringing back Emmett Matthews jr. The familiarity with the program. Um, he's got a lot of experience. He played very well in the PAC 12 of Washington. He got back home. It's not a reset kind of for him. Now he's back again to, a familiar place. He is the guy, the vocal guy, the older guy. Um, and you've seen him explode many times in his career there at W. He's had, like everybody else, he's had some games where he disappeared. But I really like the fact that he left and came back. And um, I think he's really found himself. Uh, it's kind of like graduate school for him at this point, right? Like he's coming in, he's got his undergrad, he's he's he's, at, he's off to his master's degree in basketball, and he's going to come take over here at W. So I like that a lot. He's a fiery kid. I love that. I mentioned Trey Mitchell. You know, really honestly, I think you hit it a couple times in what in your when you were asking that question. This league was as good as it's been since I've started watching Big Twelve basketball this year. From no break. Bottom. No, no breaks. Break. It was it was as good. I, I actually Matt Tate KUSports.com. He's a B writer there. Great writer. Check out his work. Um, loved having him on because he he covers the Jayhawks and. You know, it really was the only time W got their asses handed to them was by Kansas twice, one at home in the second half where they just exploded offensively. And then obviously in the uh, Big 12 tournament was just, oh, and then Huggins getting ejected early. And that was just a, oh, I mean, that was just a brutal game the way to end the season. But um, West Virginia had a lot of, uh, despite the fact that there was a lot of lack uh, in defense, a lot of times being lost and, they would go into these situations where they wouldn't score for eight minutes. Um, they were in a lot of basketball games this year, despite the fact that they had some new guys. They didn't really have a lot of size. They didn't have a rim protector. I mean, Kerrigan was okay off the bench. Um, you had a bunch of six, seven guys, uh, you know, J uh, Jalen. I mean, Jalen wasn't even playing a position that he shouldn't even be playing. He's a six, seven guy. He's not a big um, 
you know, they just would go, they would offensively just disappear and they couldn't put two halves of basketball together. You know, they would, they would either come out in the first half and on fire and then come out the second half and fall asleep or it was vice versa. Like it was never like a total complete game where they just kind of took over. Um, they just play with fire a lot. So they could, they could have made the tournament. I mean, there were in a lot of games this year and just let it get away. So I will say that from a positive standpoint, but yes, I think, I think, and I've, I think I said this to you when you had me on um, the last time last week, H- Hoggins doesn't have back-to-back losing seasons. It's just, that's just how it is. Or it doesn't make the turn. Like if he doesn't make the tournament or he has a losing season, which is a rarity, he's making the tournament the next year. Like that's just what his resume has been. You can look it up. Like he's just never had that happen to him. So I think they're back in the tournament. I think they're a final four elite eight sweet 16 team. We'll see. Cause again, it's a bunch of other guys coming in transfers guys who have been proven at other programs. I like that. They have experience. Uh, we saw this last year, but I think, uh, I think Huggins learned from last year. I really do. And I think, He's getting length. I think he's getting size. He's going back to some of the stuff that he originally recruits, but he's getting it from a transfer standpoint. And he's bringing a guy like Emmett Matthews back in that has experience and and should should lead this team in the right direction. To your point, with all the new faces, you go with Huggins' track record, and you go with we may have seven minute uh, periods where we don't have a field goal. Like that's not a new thing for WVU basketball. No. No. But if it's going to change and improve and what he's done in the past is really hemmed in on his bread and butter, on rebounding and defense. on defense. And if that improves and it wasn't good last year, uh, even though at times it felt it was better, it wasn't up to Huggins standard, especially on the offensive rebounding side. Then oh, I yeah. think they're going to be they're going to be better in the margins and it's going to be more of a Huggins team. He was even saying during the season, right, Brandon, of like. I didn't do well in the transfer portal, which which yeah. is crazy to say when those guys that you said you didn't do a good job with are in the locker room when you're talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how great of a look that is, but he's he's honest to a fault. So uh, yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to it, but I have I I don't know what it's going to look like just because of all the the turnover. Well, Huggins is he's a he's got he's very good at psychology of getting in his players heads and getting the best out of them. And that's and Huggins has never shot away from saying stuff in the media. He's a straight shooter. Anytime I've ever interviewed him, he's just, he's straightforward, which I completely respect uh, about him. And if you're recruited by him and you play for him, you, you totally know that. And I just, uh, that was the biggest thing. If you, and you pointed out the rebounding and just the efficiency on defense, it was just, that was the difference And he went with guys. He went with a shooting team, but they didn't rebound. And that was what he was lacking was the rebounding. The margin was just one of the worst I've seen uh, since Hoggins is coached there. And the defense was just, I mean, if you go down and miss a basket, don't get the rebound because you're not a good rebounding team. It's simple basketball. Then they come down, you get, you're out of position on defense and they score. It's simple math. If you're not putting buckets in and they're coming down, you're not playing defense. Dallas said you're down 16 points. So, and they would fight back. It was the one thing I did like about this team too, that I've, I did say on my radio show multiple times is this team never gave up. I mean, they would get haymaker in the face. It's wild to say that Brandon, that two seven game losing streaks and say that they didn't have 
quitting them. Now, you know, Kansas games, they yeah. were outmatched. Oh, and you yeah. could argue that. And, they, and, and the rough spells times. were the rough spells, right? Yeah. yeah. But as far as quit, I, I didn't see that either. But also, um, so I don't know what to do with last season of – could have been a tournament team also struggled with Eastern Kentucky at home. So like, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. can you do that and be a good team? Uh, no, I don't know. I appreciate your time, Brandon. You listen to the Brandon Lowe show uh, and, and watch it on all streaming services. Brandon Lowe, thank you for coming back to unreasonable down a podcast about West Virginia university basketball. Yeah, man. Thanks for the time. I always appreciate uh, talking to you. And uh, yeah, give us a follow and we appreciate all the love and support we've gotten so far. So yeah, thanks, man. All right. Thank you. This episode of Unreasonable Doubt is sponsored by Athletic Greens. What's Athletic Greens? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, pretty much all the things. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin and it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. Think Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and it's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens. Welcome back to Sports Perspectives. Thank you to Kedrian Johnson and Brandon Lowe for sharing their sports perspectives this week. From all of us here at Sports Perspectives, thank you for listening. I'm Josh Witt. Join us next time when we talk to local people involved in sports and get their sports perspectives. Thank you for listening.